0: I have mentioned before uh, on several occasions in classes and in sermons my love of the outdoors, my love of nature. I love going out and seeing God's creation, uh, whether that's out on the water, whether that's out on a hike, uh, at the beach, in the mountains. I love outdoors. I love God's creation. And there is one thing. Well, there's actually a really large list of things that I hope to see. Uh, But one of the things that I hope to see in my life is the redwood forest. Is there anybody that's walked among the giants? We've got we've got one, maybe a couple have seen the redwood forest. I, I find the 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 magnitude of those trees, just fascinating. Up to 300 feet. Some, they say, have made it up to 350, 375 feet high. A hundred feet around in circumference. I I want to walk along in those forests. ...have my picture in front of one of those trees. I learned something this week about the redwood forest that amazed me. Redwood trees, the coastal redwood trees, do not have a taproot. A large root that goes deep into the ground to help stabilize them. For the largest of trees, you would think that would be something that would be necessary... For them to keep them stable, to keep them able to endure all that they will face. But instead of a large taproot, the reason that they are able to stay and some of them have been able to stay for 2000 years. They were saplings when Jesus was on the other side of the world. The reason that they are able to stay and endure everything is their root system goes out along shallow root systems and they intertwine, they weave together with the root systems of the other redwoods. And it's in that woven together, interconnected root system that they can endure everything that this world throws at them. And that gives us a picture that I want us to keep in mind, not just for this sermon, but for this whole series where we are looking at the one another commands. It gives us a visualization that I think is very helpful for us to consider what the church is supposed to be like and how we are supposed to connect together and care for one another. So that last week we started the series titled Becoming the Church that God has called us to be. And so we need each other. We can't do it on our own. And so this week what we're going to do is we're going to take some time looking at our call to encouragement. Our call to encourage one another. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 if you have your Bible. The sermon is titled Becoming an encouraging community. Becoming an encouraging community. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And as we do each week, we confess your word is true. And we ask by your spirit that you work these truths into us individually and into us corporately. Shape us by these truths. Open our eyes to what it is that you're calling us to as we work through this text. Help us believe and help us respond as you would have us do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So as we look at becoming an encouraging community becoming a church that encourages one another there are 3 things from this text that i think will help us uh, help us understand w- what kind of things we're supposed to encourage each other with and when that is supposed to take place and so the first truth from this text is this we are to encourage one another toward godly living we are to encourage one another toward godly living. Let's look back at verse 24 again. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works. Let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good and good works. So we are to watch out for, or some of your translations may say we are to consider. The idea is to give very careful, close attention to this. Think hard about this. Pay close attention to this. So, what are we supposed to pay close attention to? We are supposed to pay close attention. We're supposed to consider each other as a way to stir up love and good works. Pay close attention to encouraging each other to live out the lives that God has called us to. So toward godly living. Now, we may think, well, that's not really my place. I don't want to get in someone else's business. None of us are perfect. And it's important that we know this is not just talking about kind of meddling in other people's lives just to point out all their faults and criticize them for not being good enough. However, we are to be so connected with one another So woven together as a people that we naturally encourage each other towards the kind of lives that God has called us to. Stirring up a desire to honor God with our living. I love the proverb that is familiar for us. Proverbs 27 and verse 17. Iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. That proverb is talking about that kind of shaping of one another, sharpening one another towards the kind of life... That God has called us to so just as iron is used to sharpen iron God has placed us in each other's lives with the ability to sharpen each other towards the kinds of things that he wants us to and we do that through sharing the truth with one another we do that with encouraging one another towards living out the life that God has called us to. Listen to these prayers. I'm going to look at two of them from the New Testament. Paul's prayers for the church often are prayers about uh, wanting the people to become the people that God has called them to be. So in 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 12, And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another. And for everyone, just as we do for you. So Paul prays for the churches that he's writing to. I want the Lord to stir in you a love for one another. And in other places he talks about, you are loving them. We want you to continue doing that even more so. And then, in Colossians, a prayer for Good works. Godly living. Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And verse 10. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. So we are to encourage each other towards love and good works. And we see Paul praying specifically for this, for the body of believers, praying that they would grow in love for one another, praying that they would grow in good works, the fruit that God produces in our lives. Now, one of the reasons we are to encourage each other towards godly living is because our hearts are often drawn to the opposite, right? If we're, if we're honest with ourselves, and that, this is me as well, our hearts are not drawn always to do the things that God has called us to do. We have sinful hearts and we want to do the things of this world our, our sin and our own hearts and Satan works to distract us from the type of life that God has called us to. And in those moments, we need our brothers and sisters to encourage us, to strengthen us and say, but this is what the Lord has for us, right? We need that kind of encouragement regularly. In our lives, we want to have a life that honors God, and we need to encourage each other in that. The second thing that we are to encourage each other with is we are to encourage one another with our eternal hope. So first, we're to encourage towards godly living. We are to encourage each other with our eternal hope. So let's look at verse 25 back in Hebrews pin not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching i want us to focus on the second half of this verse we're going to get to the first half with my third point was to keep considering what it is we're supposed to encourage each other with, and that is the hope that we have, right? So the second half of verse 25, encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what day is the author of Hebrews talking about? It's talking about the day that Jesus comes back. Jesus has promised that he will return We have Scripture that teaches us He's coming again for us. And so with that hope that one day Jesus is going to come back, we keep encouraging each other to live the lives that we have, to endure the things that we are going to endure in this life. We keep saying, but Jesus is coming back one day. He's going to make it all right again one day. He's going to turn the world right side up again one day. We are to encourage each other with that hope. Right, That day is getting closer and closer that Jesus is going to come back. And since we've placed our hope there, that Christ is going to return for us, we should encourage each other with that reality. Paul Tells the Thessalonians this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and verse 16. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And then on to chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Two times in Thessalonians, Jesus is coming back. He's coming for us, church. And we are to encourage each other with that reality. There's a, a pastor that I follow online. That His name is Isaac Adams. And every day, almost, if it's not every day, it's every other day. But it's almost every day he posts this statement. Christian, we are one day closer to heaven. We are one day closer to heaven. We're one day closer to Jesus coming back for us, church. And every time I see it, it doesn't matter that he posted it every day. Every time I see it, I smile. It is a tremendous encouragement to the church that Jesus is coming back for us. That's an encouraging word for us. So here the author of Hebrews and Paul writing to the Thessalonians is saying... Encourage each other. Encourage one another with the hope that you have that Jesus is coming back. That day is getting closer. And so keep reminding each other of the hope that we have. We want to live as God calls us to, and because He's coming back, we can live facing the discouraging days, the hardships, the temptations, We can endure those things if we keep reminding ourselves of the hope that we have. We need to encourage each other with that eternal hope. So considering these first two points, one, let's ask ourselves, who can I encourage here at this church? Who can I encourage here at Dogwood? And of course, the answer for every one of us is everyone. We can all encourage each other, but specifically thinking about your life, your connection with brothers and sisters here, think, God, who is it that you want me to encourage this week? And let's ask that always, because we are to always encourage each other towards godly living and with the hope that we have. And so ask the Lord and then let's be obedient to him. Let's become that encouraging body of believers. Not with just one or two people, but let's all be an encouraging body of believers. Let's make it a regular practice to encourage one another because that's what the Lord desires for us. Would you join us in that this year? last thing I want us to see from this text is this. We are to gather together. For encouragement. We are to gather together for encouragement. That's the purpose of us meeting together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Is encouragement. Encouragement in these things. Towards godly living. And with the hope that we have. So let's look at verse 25 again. Not neglecting to gather together. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So between these two statements, we've got a a statement on watching out for each other. To stir up loving works, that's an encouragement statement. You're supposed to encourage each other towards godly living. And this statement on encouraging each other because the day that Jesus is coming back is coming closer and closer. Between these two statements telling us to encourage one another, we see where that's supposed to happen. That's supposed to happen when we gather As a body of believers. When we gather together as members of the church. The language says not neglecting the assembly. Some of your translations may say that. Not neglecting assembling together. It uses the language of the local congregation joining together. Coming together with brothers and sisters in Christ. It was to happen, it is to happen when the church is gathered together. And the text says some people are neglecting to do this. You're not to neglect gathering together for the purposes of encouragement. You were supposed to gather together regularly. The newest poll that came out this last year says... There's a poll of Christians, professing Christians. And I don't share this as a gotcha towards some of you concerning church attendance. I don't share this as a shame on one side or a gold star for you on the other side. Uh, but it's applicable to this. The newest poll of Christians say that the a large percentage, I think it's 86% of Christians in the uh, poll said that attending church once a month is considered regular faithful attendance. Attending church once a month is considered regular faithful attendance. And I don't believe that that can be supported by what the author of Hebrews is talking about when he says don't neglect gathering together. And again, it's not a shame on you if you haven't been here as much as someone else. It is an encouragement from God's Word that we are intended. God created us to come together for the purposes of encouragement. And we can't receive the kind of encouragement we need if we are coming together only 12 times over the course of a year. That's like 3% of the day. I mean, 3% of the days in a year. So we are, we need to come together regularly, church. And when we gather, it is to be for the purpose of encouragement. I think that's a good reminder from this text that says not neglecting to come together, as some are doing, but instead of neglecting, we're supposed to encourage. That means when we gather, it should be for the purposes of encouragement. But that's not just to be from the pastor to you. When you come, you should be encouraged by my messages. But that's an instruction to the whole church. We should all be encouraging one another. We need every Person in this body of believers to be an encouraging Person and so when you come Don't just think I I hope that I'm encouraged by the message today or I'm hope that I'm encouraged by someone today You should expect that and hope for that, but you should also come with the hope of I hope I can be an encouragement I'm coming because I want to encourage one of my brothers or sisters today. That's why we should gather. That's the purpose of it. There's another verse in Hebrews that talks about the frequency of this. So in Hebrews 3 and verse 13, but encourage each other daily. Encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's Deception. Sin hardens us. It causes us to start to turn away from our faith in God. And the author here says, encourage each other daily. Now, I'm not saying that what this text means is we're supposed to gather together for worship here at the church daily. Daily. But bodies of believers, groups of believers should regularly have interwoven lives, interconnected lives where we are regularly together and constantly being an encouragement to one another. It helps guard our hearts and our hearts need guarding and we need each other for that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Life Together, which is a a written-down experiment on Christian community, of his own experiences in building Christian community. This was written in the 1930s or early 1940s, and it seems so applicable to us today. Bonhoeffer writes this, God has willed that we should seek And find his living word in the witness of a brother. In the mouth of man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help belying the truth. He needs his brother man as a bearer. And proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. His own heart is uncertain, but his brother's is sure. He needs him again and again. When he becomes uncertain and discouraged, every single one of us goes through uncertain times, goes through discouraging times. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged because his own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. Let us regularly be in connection with brothers and sisters in Christ. For the purpose of encouragement. We need it, church. We absolutely need it. Because we face hard times. We face discouraging days. Every single one of us walks through seasons like this. It could be physical things. It could be mental things. It could be spiritual things. But whatever they are, we all walk through discouraging hard times. And we need one another. To encourage so church, would you one commit to rag- regularly coming together for worship let's let's not fall into the ways of this world, the ways of our culture that says it's okay if you 've got something else that you want to do. It's okay if you've got other things. Yes, you, we get sick or we have things that come up, but the culture is shifting away from the importance of us gathering together regularly. So let's commit to regularly coming together for church, for, work, for worship and for the purpose of encouragement, and let's commit to spending time together outside of these walls, spending time together with our brothers and sisters in Christ for the purpose of encouragement. Would you join us in that this year, in 2024, to become an encouraging, an encouraging church? So church, remember that image that I mentioned at the beginning of the redwood forest stabilizing each other, holding each other up because of their interconnected, woven together root system. And I want us to think about that, not just today, but in this whole series of asking God, God, what kind of people do you want us to be? What kind of community of believers do you want us to be? And I want us to use that image to help us remember of the importance of us being woven together, being united together. We can't do it on our own. We weren't intended to. And that's why the church is such a blessing. Being connected to a local church is a blessing from God. Is it hard? Sometimes. But it is a blessing that can stabilize us and support us. So, church, today we've seen the importance of encouraging one another. Let's encourage one another towards godly living. Let's encourage one another with the hope that we have. Let's be encouragers today and tomorrow and always because that's the kind of church God wants us to be. And let's be committed to being a part of each other's lives. Coming together here for worship regularly, spending time together with each other regularly so that we can be and encouragement to each other. For God's glory, let's pursue these things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, by Your Spirit, weave us together, unite us together, interlock us, help us pursue this, help us be committed to this, Let us be an encouragement to one another. Throughout this body of believers, let us encourage one another with the hope that we have and towards the life that you want us to live. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.